1: How's it going, everyone? This is D with FTL Nerd Talk. I have a special guest today, uh, creator of the comic book, The Forgotten. <laughs> I had this in my head. And I told myself I wasn't going to forget it, but I forgotten see that. Home. Thank you. Good gosh, yes. The Forgotten <laughs> Home. I read this whole thing through and through. And uh, the guest today is Erica Schultz. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing okay. Thank you very much for having me.
1: This is, thanks for being on. This is a this is a great story it's uh i want to ask you what the the meaning is to it but like for me what i gather from it is about uh mothers and daughters but i could be wrong but what is like the full-on overlaying message for this story
2: um it is it's about it's about family it's about um it's about the relationship between mothers and daughters whether um in this particular story there's three generations so you have a grandmother her relationship to her daughter and then that daughter's relationship to the youngest. Right. Um, so it really is, uh, it's about family, it's about um, what constitutes your family. Is it blood, is it bond? Um, it, it also has, I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's not really hidden. There's a lot of social commentary also oh, in the yeah. story um, about the haves and the have-nots, about um, the way, you know, one of the main sort of uh, Key points in the story is there's this natural resource that these two uh, races of people are are sort of vying for, and those that are the mining this natural resource are the ones that uh, are not benefiting from it. And and you can look at you know all over the world, you're looking you know people mining um, whether it's precious gems or metals or things like that for, right. you know, all kinds of stuff that goes into cell phones and all that other stuff, the people who are doing the sort of the backbreaking labor, um, are not being, uh, are not benefiting from the, from their labor and things like that. So, I mean, that's, you know, a not so, uh, a not so subtle, so should commentary. Um, but like there's some
1: parts of like, you just like the, uh... I don't want to get too much weight in the story but like it seems like like one of the rulers of that of that world just wants to kill off that entire group instead of having a mind in the first place.
2: Yeah I mean there's there's this idea of entitlement there's an idea of um where people sort of you know people liking the status quo or or the status quo that they grew up in um and, then, I mean, and that's something that we talk about socially now when people say, you know, we want saying that you want equal rights, whether it's equal rights for uh, people of color, equal rights for women um, in terms of like uh, equal pay and things like that. Right. Um, what people immediately hear when they hear that is, oh, so you're going to knock me down from the pedestal that I'm on. That's not That's not the argument. The argument is, no, we're not knocking anybody down. We're lifting people up.
1: And that's sort of how like the grandmother queen sees herself as if like, if she gives those people who are mining a chance that they will either overthrow her or like, you know, take over her crown through procreation pretty much.
2: Exactly. As opposed to, Oh, look now I'm, as opposed to saying, okay, so now I am enriching our community you know it's not knocking the queen over it's right. building a stronger more united community a more diverse community and a more enriched community um so yeah i know there's there's some parts that are a little heavy handed and and i absolutely admit that but um i wanted the story to be about uh about love about family about acceptance um about sort of facing a, a lot of the stories that I write, um, whether it's Forgotten Home, 12 Devils Dancing, M3, uh, a lot of them come down to facing your past and your past catching up with you. Um, And that's something that I think is very important. Um, A lot of times people sort of think, oh, well, it happened a million years ago. It doesn't matter. Hmm. Um, At the same time... Well, yeah, because for all you know, I mean, you might think that it might not matter, but you know, you might be, have left like a trail of trauma for other people. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that you haven't reconciled. And we actually see that in the main character,
1: Lorraine. You really do. Like, and it, it's pretty, the story starts out with more like a detective story. Like, a, like the, this is my last day before I transfer and go somewhere else. And Yeah, exactly and like she's trying to solve this case and like it just it just flips completely and the story goes like into like what she went through in her past and her past with her mother who comes off like a tyrant pretty much and it just it keeps going with that trauma and, like it's just like flowing itself throughout her life as you see like through the different challenges that she's gone through like when you when you wrote that story for like this main character did uh Did did you have anyone in mind when you wrote this or was it just just something that you you keep seeing constantly as a narrative for certain different women or people in general?
2: Um, I wanted, excuse me, I wanted Lorraine to be a single mom and I wanted her to be flawed Um, because so many times you see a lot of um, main characters that are you know, they're like the one in, you know, in air quotes, kind of thing, super stoic or just, you know, they're super good at everything. And I wanted, because I was bringing the audience into a brand new world, I wanted them to stumble into this world like Lorraine did. Now, despite Lorraine having come come from Janata and, and I mean, she's not an alien per se, but she's not human. And, Despite her having come from Janata and, and and come from this magical world, she hasn't been there in 15 years. So things have changed. Right. And, you know, the, it, it's kind of like Superman. You know, Superman on Earth is special. Superman on Krypton or Argo City is not special.
1: Oh, it's you know just what I mean? another, another Kryptonian, like, you know, kind of getting in the way most of the times. So yeah.
2: Exactly. So. You know, on Earth, Lorraine is magnificent. She has these incredible abilities that are like, whoa. But when she comes home and she, you know, confronts part of her past and battles against her mother, who is the queen, her mother even says, like, "You might be something special <laughs> over there, but here, <laughs> you're not."
1: And like, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that. Like, she just like, even brings a nod to that attention that, like, you're pretty special there, but you're not, you're not much here, and. I love that. Like, uh, you said the character's flawed, uh, Lorraine. Is, is her flaw that she's not as as strong of a person as she could be? Is it because like, that she does all the things, but she's not where she wants to be? What is her main flaw?
2: Um, her main flaw is that she wants her daughter. She figured that you know, her mother, the queen, was so austere and so draconian. Yeah. So Lorraine thought, okay, well, I'm going to be the cool mom. I'm going to give my daughter freedom. Um, and she, her biggest flaw is basically underestimating her daughter, Joanna. She really Because did. Lorraine just thinks, oh, well, if I'm the cool mom, Joanna's never going to rebel against me because I'm the cool mom. Well, guess what? Um, you were rebellious, and to think that your own daughter wouldn't be have a rebellious streak in her, no matter how cool a mom you think you are, is is pretty arrogant. It was. Um, and you know, I, I I like to show characters who, you know, are good at what they do, but think they're better than they really are, and uh, and that's that's Lorraine to a T. You know, even when she makes it home and she is, uh, you know, she's literally sent to her room, you know, she's a 32 year old woman and her mother sends her to her room, you know, as like, you know, a punishment kind of thing.
1: Which is a throwback to what we see her do to Joanna in the first the first issue. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. And so uh, a lot of times people don't realize um, how much, you know how much they take from their parents, the good and the bad. Right. You know? Um, and it's funny because, you know, and Lorraine almost has this sort of like aha moment when she's thinking, like, oh my God, I've turned into my, my mom. And that's everything that I tried not to, to do and not to be. Um almost serendipitous so,
1: in a way when you when you yeah. think like that. Yeah.
2: And and it, it's very eye opening. Um I I I said this in another interview, um, when you're a teenager, you think that your parents, you know, you think, oh, well, my parents have all the control they have, you know, they control the car, they control, you know, whether I'm grounded or not, they control whatever. Um, and they have all the control and they just don't get me and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's sort of the the typical teenage narrative. Right. Um, and I remember, uh, when I was living with a friend of mine in high school and I remember, um, her parents who I have referred to often as like my foster parents, cause I, I lived with them for a while. And I remember, uh, my foster mom saying to me, you know, your mom's not perfect and you know, no parents are perfect. Right. And it was sort of this like mind blown kind of moment. Cause I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like you're a parent, you're supposed to know everything. And she's like no we don't know everything and you know your mom is just having issues just like the rest of us and some of us are are better at hiding it than others but no we're not perfect and and it's kind of like that you know joanna goes through that with her own mother um and joanna has quite an arc uh the daughter of you know the daughter of lorraine and the granddaughter of the queen has quite an arc in this um and i was really there was a very different ending originally um and it wasn't as hopeful as the one that that <laughs> i ended up with
1: right <laughs> so it wasn't as hopeful the the ending you gave us wasn't wasn't that hopeful either just just saying no
2: this was this was straight tragic
1: oh really like very yeah this
2: was, nah. was this was straight up tragic um, and, you know, it's an eight issue story. So whenever you're writing a story, you can plan it out as much as you want. But once you really start getting into the scripting, um, it, it's organic. It takes yeah. on a life of its own and start sometimes things and change. Things, yeah. um, and, and the characters start speaking to you in different ways. Like uh, case in point, um, Troder and Gaulle and Bajac, who are probably the three of my favorite characters. Um they were throwaway characters originally. They they were, you know, basically nameless characters wow. that they're, didn't they're have much it. to do.
1: From from like issue I like think issue 3 and on, dude, they, they were like, you know, next to the main protagonist or one of that uh, the separate protagonists or antagonists the entire story. Like, and what, what changed it?
2: I, I just I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, when I say the characters speak to me, I sound like a crazy person.
1: Um, You sound like an artist. No, you're good.
2: But, (laughs) but no, it, it really, it got to the point where I really started hearing them, you know, I, I would hear lines and, you know, and in my head, I'd be like, you know, that would be a really cool line you know, now I have to develop this character because it can't just be a one-liner from, you know, a stranger character. Like there needs to be something.
1: Because you're um, doing this, you're making this story, and like and not to do that would be it would be like unfair to the character, like to not give them that voice when you hear it yourself. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. Oh, yeah.
2: Um and I wanted to show I and and the relationship between Bajek and Degal, I wanted to show because everyone knows a couple like that a couple that loves each other so much, but then bickers constantly. Everybody knows that couple. Um, and so I wanted to put that in. Um, I also wanted Beshek to be incredibly intelligent and really know what she was doing because, you know, there's this premise that the queen sort of, you know, relies on as, you know, that the, the they're, they're primitive, they're stupid. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. Meanwhile, Bajek's the one is who is, you know, at the time before the queen ascended, when the queen's sister, Krallista was, was okay. originally queen, Bajek is the one who is tasked with healing her. So she if she's so stupid, time,
1: time,
2: yeah. yeah, if she's so stupid and doesn't know what she's doing, then why would she be tasked with healing the queen? Like, that is the biggest responsibility, you know? Um, so I wanted to show that, you know, this idea of, you know, oh, they're stupid, they're primitive, they're this... That's that's all like, BS. You know, I, these, I
1: agree. Yeah,
2: these characters really are very very intelligent, but they're also very caring. And I, I wanted to show that as well, um, because you know physically they're basically like big rock people, and you think okay these you know, it, it's it's a very sort of like um, I guess allegorical way of you know the they're they're hardened they're stone. They, they don't feel feelings.
1: I think Stanley kind of started out a whole trope with the thing in the Fantastic Four. Yeah.
2: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but you know that that's not the case. Exactly. Um, and especially in um, in the opening of, of Book Six, where we see them take in Carol, who is injured on the battlefield. Uh-huh. And, you know, and De Gaulle's first instinct as a warrior is, let's kill him.
1: I gotta kill him, yeah.
2: And... Jack said, no, we're not going to, because he's a kid. And if somebody, you know, it's, there has to be a stand. This has been going on for far too long. Someone has to take a stand and it's going to be me. And you can either come with me, husband, or, you know, and, and, you know, they have that sort of back and forth bickering as they're sort of dragging this, this young man who's, who's very gravely injured.
1: You you bring it up, bring up the kids inside this story. So <clears throat> this is nothing entirely. You, uh, you made kids a soldier yes soldiers in this very like very battle royale or hunger games like why why use kids as soldiers like is that was that supposed to be like a allegory in itself
2: um it was if you look at um if you look at all around the world uh you know historically children have been um used as soldiers whether it was the revolutionary war the little drummer boy or you look at um you know there are places in the Middle East, um, Africa, uh, Asia, yeah. Africa, where you're seeing you see images of these children who are soldiers, and it's it's heartbreaking. And one of the the reasons why Lorraine left was because she <coughs> felt she wasn't she Sorry. wasn't given a childhood. It's okay. <laughs> she felt she wasn't given a childhood, and um, you know, there's a character named Deco who's a, a young man who is one of these soldiers and he takes his job very, very seriously. And you're thinking this, this kid, he's a kid. He doesn't have, he's never enjoyed. He's never had a, a life or had an idea that life was going to be any different.
1: And not like um, a teenager, but like like a kid, like, you know, like, a, like 11, 13, 12 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Young.
2: And, and it's sad because there are a lot of children and it's, I mean, and it happens in the United States as well, where they know that because of socioeconomic, uh, you know, racial politics, that they might not have a childhood. You know, whether it's, you know, babysitting because your parents have to work triple shifts or whether it you know and you have to take care of uh younger siblings or whether it's you know you live in a a, in a poor community and you don't really have much hope of you know getting out of the poor community that kind of thing um so there's a there's a lot wrapped up in that but the idea of you know there there are a lot of responsibilities that are placed on children that you know some people have the luxury of being like, oh, my kids can just be kids. That is a luxury that not a lot of people have. I mean, in my family alone, I'm the youngest of three and my older brother, you know, was babysitting my sister and I, you know, at at the age of like seven years old, he's taking care of the two of us, you know, because my parents had to work. So, you know, that's Obviously, it's different than fighting a war, but it is, it is the sort of responsibility that's way beyond your age that you just take, and because that's what it is. And this character of Deco, um, he just, he, he's a soldier because that's just the way it is. That's the way my life is. That's the culture of my of my people. And he accepts it and doesn't question it. Um, and to a certain extent, that's really sad for him to just think, oh, well, there's nothing else. So why would I even dream about anything else? Why would I even think about anything else? Um, and I wanted to show that, you know, there are, you know, obviously, um, Janata is not on earth, but to show that there are places in this world, in our actual world, where children have that mindset. It,
1: um, it and it's, to, oh, please go on.
2: Oh, I was just going to say it's and and I just I wanted to at least highlight that um, and show it through the eyes of this idea of a child's army. The on the other side of that is when the children are coming from Earth. And joining the and joining the army. The idea is, you know, they're coming from Earth where they're under their parents thumb and they have no control. But here they have sort of the illusion of control. By having magic and the illusion of control, that you know they're adults, you know, in air quotes, um, because they're soldiers, right. not really realizing that that's not what makes you an adult. Do you know what I mean? And
1: that they're really just pawns at the end of the day, too.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh, you, the character Michael. This is going to be my last question for you, too. Um, yes. The character Michael. He doesn't get much screen time inside the story, and he also has that that innocence that you know kids are just kids. You think like that's part of the reason that uh, that Lorraine is just drawn towards Michael is like is that part of the reason why like she falls in love with him so hard or is it something else like like you had like those characters get drawn together?
2: Um, I actually had a lot more screen time for Michael. Um, originally there was there was way more with him. Unfortunately, it's a cutting room floor kind of thing. But one yes, one of the things that Lorraine loves about Michael is this fact that he is he chooses to be a soldier. Um, she loves the fact that he has the choice, but she also loves the fact that he has a sense of duty. Huh. Um, and she loves the fact that when she says, you know, hey, I'm pregnant. It's not Oh, Sorry, honey it's okay we're gonna figure this out whereas in janata everything is already figured out for her her entire life has been planned she has she has been told literally since birth that it is her destiny and her fate to end the war and that is a responsibility that she doesn't feel um is ready for nor does she want and so she is very attracted to Michael for the fact that he puts no pressure on her. He, you know, in, in an original version that I, that I had, he does learn about the prophecy. He does learn about all that stuff. Huh. Um, in the, the, I sort of gloss over it in, in what ended up going to uh, what ended up going to the page, but he, he doesn't have expectations for Lorraine. He, you know, he just wants her to be happy. He wants her to be happy with him, but he also just wants her to be happy.
1: I I Um, think you see that in this, in this version also, like you see that, that they are happy before, you know, what, what happens later on in the story? Like I think you see that happiness with those two characters, even though you don't have that screen time that you were talking about.
2: Yeah. And he just, you know, to have true unconditional love is something that lorraine really never felt because the people that were close to her were either close to her because they were protecting her because she was a royal uh she was a princess or they were close to her because they knew how important she was to the grand scheme of the world they didn't just say oh i like you for you it was I like you because I have to like you because it's my job to protect you. Or I like you because I know in a couple of years, you're going to literally change our world. So Michael had no preconceived notions about her. It was just, hey, here's a pretty girl who seems really cool. And we really hit it off.
1: Well, that's cool. I like that. This is a really good story. Uh, I appreciate you sharing the story with me and talking about it on the show here. Um, I'm they, glad you liked it. I, I really did. Is there you have any more stories coming out in the future? You, you talked about some of the other stories that you've already written. Uh, yes. Uh, well, back to work as a teacher, but like, do you, you do have more stories coming out?
2: I do. Um, there is, uh, I, I was, it was just announced actually within the last week or so. Um, I am writing the relaunch of Mandrake the Magician. It's called the Legacy of Mandrake. It's from uh, Stonebot, Red 5, and King Features. Uh, the first issue will be coming out in October. It's a five-issue miniseries, and um, there it's about the old, old, old uh, yeah. character, Mandrake the Magician. From the from 30s, the,
1: right?
2: Yes, from the old 30s. Um, we have rebooted it. Um, the original Mandrake is still part of the story, but this focuses on a young woman named uh, Mandragora, Mandragora Constanza Torado Paz. Her mom is from Argentina. And uh, she is a young woman who discovers that she has magical abilities and um, she takes on the mantle of Mandrake.
1: You know I think I just found it. Yeah. There it is. Legacy of Mandrake, the magician. She has yes. white hair. Yes. Ooh, wow, this is really cool.
2: Um, It's It's been a lot of fun uh, writing it. Um, It's funny because I I was finishing up Forgotten Home, or I was rather finishing up the outline of Forgotten Home when um, I was approached about Mandrake. And I thought to myself, well, most people just know me as writing like very sort of like street level crime stories. (laughs) Um, And now I'm doing two magical, you know, kind of YA stories in a row. Oh man. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun writing, uh, writing Mandy. Um, and I really hope people enjoy it. Uh, we've, we've already, I've already wrapped on the scripts and I go back and, and, uh, just do tweaks when the artwork comes in and, uh, we're working on the art for the last issue now. And it really, I mean, it's, it's a really cool looking book. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think people are gonna have, I mean, I, I really hope they do, but um, I really do think people are gonna enjoy it.
1: I always, um, always like to ask questions about uh, what's going on in Nerd World, like you know about what's happening in DC or Marvel or movies and TV shows. But talking about this, it's, it's a good change to talk about a new project coming out for you. I, just, I hope the rules of magic, it's uh, pretty laid out. Are you using any rules like from the old comic books inside this? Um,
2: Yes, there, there are, well, um, there are certain things that Mandrake can do that I, that the original, the OG Mandrake was doing that uh, because Mandy is sort of learning, she kind of messes it up. There's, she has some, some comedic uh, missteps. Nice. Um, and Mandrake's partner from the original, Lothar, is actually the dad of Mandy's best friend. So we have Lothar is, is in this as well. So um, full circle he's,
1: on everything. Yeah.
2: He's still the strongest man in the world. Um, but he ha- he keeps his, uh, his identity secret. So nobody knows that he's the strongest man of the world, but the close people and, uh, and Mandy and her best friend LJ, who's Lothar's, uh, son. Uh, the two of them are partners in crime and, uh, I don't want to give too much away. I'm trying to. Please, I'm like running through my head. I'm I, like,
1: I will let you keep talking if you want to keep talking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, but I don't. I don't want to get like a get like an email tomorrow and be like, uh, you, you know, Erica, <laughs> you know, you kind of gave a little too much away. Um, no, I, what I'm trying to do is like I'm trying to think about like what have I said in interviews already that I can say because because it was you know it was it was okayed. Um, but no, I mean like they. I, I think there's there's a fun camaraderie between Mandy and LJ. Um, there's a family aspect and, and family is something that really sort of resonates with me. Yeah, I like I like writing about family, whether it's found family or blood. Um, so I mean, there's there's a lot about that too. It also, I mean, Mandy is also still in high school so i sort of touch on some of the you know mean girl bs that happens in high school sometimes um and and i think you know there's there's a, a couple of fun little comedic moments um i i got to have a little more sort of comedy with this story than um Although Forgotten Home, I think, has a few comedic moments. Uh, it's oh, usually yeah. De and Bishet that are sort of like the. Uh... Or
1: Mika! Mika's funny too.
2: Or Mika, yes. <laughs> um, I can't say enough about Marika Cresta, the the artist. I was gonna um, ask
1: you. Go ahead. I'm glad you brought her up. <laughs> she
2: she honestly she was so amazing. And Matt Emmons doing the colors, they they were really fantastic. Um, and and there's there's a certain amount of expression the the faces of the yes. characters and you know marika really just she got it she she felt the the emotion and she really just got it and just the looks on these characters faces like the acting of the characters she did such an amazing job I'm not, and uh, i'm not
1: sure if this is out of line but it, it reminds me of very early on feeling of staples work like the art in the story i
2: i think that she would take that as a huge compliment
1: like I, I i saw so much fiona staples inside the comic book it was really well done like the fight scenes amazing the, like the fight scenes were amazing like the action scenes were cool and like the dramatic like scenes with the face expression you were saying before all of it absolutely amazing like like it was nonstop great art left and right the colors all of it
2: well marika's working on uh dr afra right now for marvel so you know she's a superstar um (laughs) and uh and matt actually matt emmons is is uh doing uh, some of his own work he has his own story called gardner that he's working on um but i lucked out especially with um ayala who's uh an old friend who does uh fashion costuming and fashion design and um Yazelle put together these incredible costumes for the story and just really fleshed out sort of like the, this this sort of hybrid between like Baroque and like Renaissance and just, I mean, she knows, I mean, I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of gal and she's just, (laughs) you know, she basically made these characters look amazing. Um, and, and, you know, even, Natasha, even the
1: military guard, I agree. Like, they, they look amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, she, she did such such an amazing job. And then, um, uh, and, um, uh, Natasha Altarici uh, did all the, um, the individual covers for each individual issue.
1: Which are awesome. Fantastic.
2: Awesome job. Love Natasha's work on Heathen. Um, and, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz did the cover for The Trade. Um, so, I mean, Bill's always been such an incredible supporter of my work. And uh, and I really appreciate uh, his help on that. He actually did the cover for uh, 12 Devils Dancing as well. Um, and Kevin Maher, who did the logo, and uh, I'd done a quick sketch of what I wanted the flame to look like. And he really sort of streamlined it and everything and made it look great.
1: Which was um, also a character in itself, which I really like. Yes. Like the, the, the fire logo, like the, the family crest, it was yeah. a character in itself, and I really liked the fact like that. That was also a character, and like you didn't see the logo like uh, until like you needed to see it, and like I really, I really dug that.
2: Well, I've gotten a, f- uh, a couple of um, temporary tattoos. I actually have the logo permanent no tattoo to myself. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. But I, I had some temporary tattoos made up, and I've passed them out to some friends. Um, and I'm like, okay. Do the marketing thing. Um, <laughs> my my girlfriend, Jaslyn Stone, who's phenomenal, uh, you know, just knows everything, knows everybody. Uh, used to help run Bombsheller, which is a clothing company, a geek clothing company, and uh, Jazz really knocked it out with like a whole like marketing plan and everything. Um, so if you ever need a marketer, Jaslyn Stone, fantastic. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so yeah, I I basically like I. I pulled together everybody that I could find. I called in every favor that I could call in and um, and I just basically was really trying to make this uh, as good a book as I could make it. And, um, and I think we did a pretty damn good job.
1: You did it. You did. You definitely did it.
2: I thank you very much. And I'm, and, and I know like, I just dropped it in your inbox. Like, Earlier this week, so I was like, "Oh my God, is he didn't have enough time to read it." I
1: did because
2: it's kind of a beast at it, you know eight is. issues. It is.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a it's a hard chew sometimes because like it kind of gets to you emotionally when you're reading it. So I had to take a couple of breaks. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not like most cookie cutter comic books I read that are uh, like very action packed or uh, <laughs> sex supported. This is this is really like layered and deep and very centered around like a lot of ideologues. Whether it, be, mm-hmm. whether, it, whether it be like um, classism or, or, you know, socialism, uh, tyranny. It was a lot of different things inside of it. And it was, it was like really real, well put together. The covers were amazing. The art, I really loved the art. Like I, I could watch that art all day and night. But yeah, good story all around.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to tell a multi-layered story. I mean, if people just want to read like a, a fun adventure, then they can read that. Um, but I do hope that they, they get the social aspects of it. And also, you know, I hope that it sort of inspires people. I mean, we are at a time right now where activism is very important. Okay. Um, so I, I hope that it does inspire people to then, you know, try and get involved either, like, even if it's something as simple as making sure they're registered to vote, you know, something, you know, that's, that's something small that you can do. Um, I know a lot of times people think like, well, the world is so big, there's nothing that I can do. You know, registering to vote is something that you
1: absolutely can do. Or watching Maybe. the nightly news. That's something you can do also.
2: Exactly, watching the news, getting getting educated, getting informed. Um, I, I know I know. there's so much out there that, that it can be overwhelming. And I know a lot of people kind of just want to like stick their head in the sand between, you know, um, whether whether you're talking about COVID or Mm -hmm. you know, protests or um, you know, wildfires or, you know, storms or whatever I mean, I know there's like so much. Everybody just wants to Yeah. And and I get that. At the same time, like I want people to know that you can still even do like little things. Even little things can make a big can make a big difference.
1: Agreed. Um so yeah. This has been this has been a blast, Erica. Like I loved having you on. Um, what Thank can you people, so where, much. Where can people find you?
2: Um, on Instagram, I am Erica Schultz Writes W R I T E S, and on Twitter, I am Erica Schultz Forty Two. I'm really terrible about keeping up with Facebook, <laughs>
1: so we so don't even it. bother don't, with don't Facebook. do I... about it. Yeah, Facebook is uh, that's that's yeah.
2: I have, I have an author, I have an author's page on Facebook that I check like once every two weeks. I'm really terrible at it. Um, But if anybody wants to pick up um, uh, Forgotten Home, it is on Comixology, so uh, you can pick it up there. All eight issues are already collected. Um, There will be a print version coming out. I don't have the exact date though, unfortunately. Uh, but if anybody wants to pick up any of the other books that I've done, uh, you can go to Erica Schultz writes, dot com, And uh, I have an online store there and you can uh, pick up M three, 12 devils dancing. Uh, I actually did a children's book earlier this year um, called the silver spurs of Oz, which is about um, Dorothy from Oz and uh, instead of the silver uh Slippers. She actually has uh, silver spurs. It's sort of like a western version of uh, of the original Wizard of Oz story. Okay. So that was yeah, that was a lot of fun too. So yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of books, and and you can also find the stuff that I've done, like uh, Daredevil uh, for Marvel, or um, xena and Charmed, and the other um, the other works that I've done too.
1: Are you going to make a Zena pop type story?
2: Uh, I have. I uh, had a, a two-story arcs with Xena of 2017, 2018. was when that came out, and the trade paperback came out earlier last year.
1: Oh, nice! Yeah, I'll look, for, I gotta go look for that. All right, uh, this has been great. Um, I hope everyone looks up uh, look up your work. Check out on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, she has a lot more, a lot more lists of her work from what I've seen, and a lot of pictures of her, of her cat. So you like cats? There you go.
2: Yes. Yes. My cat, Simon. <laughs> he's my, he's my, he's my, uh, sidekick.
1: Oh yeah. Right on. That's cool. <laughs> uh, this has been DVFT on Nerd Talk. Again, thank you Erica for being on.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Take care guys. Hey, you amazing independent comic creators. Do you have something special you want to share with the world? Have you got a finished product? Are you looking to have your comic creation published and made available for your friends? Well, here at amazing action comics that's what we do we publish creator-owned content which means you own the rights to your creation always the way it was always meant to be we just help bring it to your fans through digital and or print solutions we're currently seeking new and fresh content to add to the amazing action comics family so visit us at www.amazingactioncomics.com and submit your project today what are you waiting for go now And remember to always be amazing, stay
0: amazing, read something amazing. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development.
2: 18 plus.